This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's another new podcast we've got going out this week. And this one's slightly different, but it's uh, coming at the right time of year. Um, I'm talking to Jim Keegan, the author who's written a few different books about Everton. Um, and he's joining me to talk all about his brand new book, that he's brought out at the perfect time, I think, for a gift or even for yourself in and around Christmas when you've got some time to read. It's called Everything You Want to Know About Everton, But We're Afraid to Ask. And basically, it's uh, it's it's going to be a fantastic thing to read. I I'm, I'm, can't wait for mine to get delivered. Um, I'll explain to you at the end, or Jim will explain to you at the end, how you get hold of this before Christmas and where you get it from. Um, the book, basically, in a nutshell from me, Goes through the entirety of the history, but in a slightly different angle. Um, one that I think that each fan that reads this will have a reflection and a perspective from. And I think Jim covers that emphatically. And it's something that you will really enjoy that you can't really put down. Um, it covers all everything from the start of the football club, uh, more up to the more recent days, back when we were successful, back when we won trophies, obviously all the way up to how we are now and the trouble that's gone on from basically in the early 90s at the start of the Premier League up to now. And the other side of it is a look at how we all sort of aren't afraid to laugh at each other as blues, are we? We're, we're fine to laugh at each other. We're fine to get angry with each other. Um, we're fine to look at the football club and wonder what the hell is going on. Um, there's plenty of that that Ian captures in this book. And I was delighted to sit with Jim and talk all about what he's bringing out with this brand new book. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Well, first of all, mates, you've you've written two, well, you've written two fantastic books that I know of. You can tell me more about anything else you've done with your work as a writer. Um, I mean, we've spoken, we used to speak quite a lot, didn't we, a certain time ago. We'll have to, we'll have to get back up to that sort of thing about Everton. But um, the, the highs, lows and bachyokos, um, to me, was was fascinating when you see the depth at which you've gone um, into into so many parts of the nineties, which I think for for most of us, well, I suppose we say a certain age now, don't we? We're getting on that bit from the nineties. That that side of things, what 
what inspired? Just basically, give me a, give me an outline of of your background before you started writing this sort of stuff related to Everton. So, um, I've I've been like uh, writing and freelance writing for about twenty years, and then I think it was back in um in two thousand thirteen, I wrote a book about uh, kind of supporter culture and supporter ownership called Punk Football, uh, and then. Kind of through that, I realised that I had like you know books in me, like I could sort of do it. And I'd I've been doing bits and bobs on Everton, doing like blogs here and there. Obviously, I've, I've been editing all my life, and um, I'm now thinking about the nineties because like it's such a kind of interesting decade for Everton. Yeah, that yeah. One. Because you know, I think we we go into it as an elite club, and we leave it as something very different. But I think for the first time in our history, we've we fall off the pace, and and you know, obviously, we haven't caught up since. So, um, so not only did I, did I sort of come of age, I, I was like a teen and into my twenties and nineties. So you know, it's the really kind of formative years of being a blue. Equally, it's, it's a massively interesting period for for kind of club and for Evertonians too. I think we sort of changed during that decade as well because you know, the uh, the near death experiences changes, and I think the the sense of falling off the pace changes as well. Um, so that was kind of where I started with the highs and lows. Sort of getting into that. And since mm-hmm. then, I think because I because I enjoyed that so much, I mean, it's a really kind of nice experience to spend time going through the history of the club, talking to fans, talking to ex-players, that kind of stuff. It's a uh, you know, what better way to spend your time really than to kind of really uh, luxuriate in, in Everton's history. So I've done Everton's greatest games. I've done Everton number nine, looking at my best number nines. Yeah, yeah. And then this latest book, which is looking at you know pretty much everything really. Do you know with what you said first about the nineties, um, and like I said to you just before we started talking, uh, my nephew's getting a copy um, of your new book, which we'll get into a bit more deeply in a minute. Um, I I think if you've say if you if you've got a kid off the street or somebody in your family and they were I don't know X years old up to you know young teenager whatever, and ask them what they'd known of Everton uh, if you were just getting them into it. And obviously, you'd have a load of people taking the piss, given the state that we're in these days. And obviously, we got, we got, we tend to go full circle all the time and shit like this. Um, with what you've said there about the nineties, I'd actually think, and this might be a bit controversial to our listeners, but that the nineties is to me more interesting than when we were actually successful in the eighties. I'm not, I'm not saying that in particular to say, oh well, I like it better because obviously it was such a difficult situation with all sorts going on in the 90s. Yeah. I'm not saying I like it better than the 80s when we were succeeding and things like that. But that in itself was so interesting, like you say, from you know the Premier League starting, us meant to be involved with the so-called top four, top five, top six, with, with the financial side of things to completely go in the opposite direction. Um, but when, when your new book came about... Um, everything you wanted to know about Everton, but were afraid to ask. That that to me, and obviously I've only, I've only read the expert the excerpt so far. That to me feels like um straight after that that you know that you've continued that in a in a much in a much deeper sort of way. Obviously you've gone right across from the start of the club all the way up to where we are modern day. But that to me feels like it, it, it's 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 something that follows on from what you were talking about specifically in the nineties with everything around it, where that continues from, if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the aim was really to kind of uh, capture uh, kind of what, what it was to become a modern Evertonian kind of in part in, in the book. It, it wasn't just about looking at, at our history. It's also 
Yeah. You know, the modern Evertonians, a, a very different thing to an Evertonian, I think, in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. We've, we've been through kind of a, a strange 30 years, which started in the 90s, and I think it's continued since. And it's sort of shaped how we how we engage with football, how we view our club, how we view ourselves. You know, we're, we're able to laugh at ourselves, uh, which you, you can't say, like, the neighbours can't do that. They, they are very thin-skinned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are kind of, we're very good at that. You know, we have those kind of effort in that moment. So we kind of, we can see the, we can see the laughter in kind of the, in the frustration and um, and kind of the disappointments. And I think that starts in the 90s. You, you, you get this weird kind of shift in, in how, how we engage the club, how we see ourselves. Uh, we're still kind of, I guess, equally emotionally engaged as, as I found from the 60s or 70s, but there's definitely a, the formation of a new sort of Evertonian. And I think when I began writing this new book, the idea was obviously to kind of cover everything and, and to, you know, to put in the great moments, the titles and the FA Cups. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, But also to put in like the funny side and the, and the disappointments, you know, you, you can't cover, you can't include... Kendall and Kashik and not include, you know, Benitez and Walker, because, you know, it's, they, they've formed the, the, the modern Evertonian outlook. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. There's certainly, there's certainly a continuation of themes there from uh, highs and lows that, that, that are definitely in this book. And it's that, it's that sense of why, Everton, why Evertonians are the way they are right mm. now. And also kind of what, what sort of club um, Everton is as well. Well, it is by the title of it anyway, but it is from the excerpts that I've read um, in various places since we started talking about this and getting you on to chat about it. It's very educational as well as the sort of piss take. You know, you don't, from the readings I've looked at so far, I think I think a lot of people do it aside from Evertonian sort of stereotype who we are these days um, and who we were in the past. And you think about, you know, Everything that went towards the actual city, the piss taken out of the city, what we see at this time of year in particular with the, you know, the food singing at us and all that sort of thing. The 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 keys that you've gone into here in particular with us are absolutely fascinating to I guess like what I mean, I I turn 36 next week, and there's things on this that I wouldn't have known about. Um, despite that we're all massive Evertonians, we'd all say we're the best Evertonians in the world. You've you've covered so many different aspects but in such a unique way as to not sound like you're, you know, it's just a history book. It's the, 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 the way in which you've spoken of them is, is so interesting really. And the access, the access that I've read, honestly, there's some really, really funny stuff on here that, that captures what, again, if you're a certain age of Evertonians, it, it, I think it covers the whole mantra of what we've been as Evertonians. Now, like I said, where you've written about the 84-85 uh, title, the comparison of that to where we've gone has fascinated me and how it happened, but more in the way of which you've enhanced that to not necessarily... If you were, you know, if you were to tell somebody who's uh, just an Evertonian, like I say, who's made their way to be an Evertonian, or you, I don't know, my, my missus has had to start getting into footy because I obsess over Everton, so she's actually had to take an interest <laughs> over the years. Explaining Everton to her... This is much more ideal than I've ever seen in in an Everton book or in any sort of article or anything like that because it's it's that detailed in a much more um, coloured way. It's very colourful the way in which you've written this, which I found out. But the, one of the one of the uh, the excerpts that I found funny was um, the five, the five recent Everton that moments. I mean, do did you find that 
when you're writing it that it's very much a reflection of you in this, or did you feel as if it has to be aimed towards other people? Well, that's a good question now, because I don't suppose you can ever fully separate yourself from yeah, yeah. anything you write and kind of uh, because it, you know being a football fan, it's a very uh, it's a very emotional relationship that you have with the club, mm. isn't it? And you, and you know it's um, so yeah. My own kind of personal Everton journey. I mean, I'm, I'm 48, so I've kind of experienced obviously the fantastic terms of the of the uh, the mid 80s, and then also gone on the same journey as a lot of fans have done over the last 30 years with where things haven't been been so good. So I think, yeah, a lot of it kind of speaks to, to my own personal experience of Everton, of kind of, you know, the great times and, and, the, and the fantastic emotional moments, but also, uh, as, as we talked about earlier, that that shift that, that's taken place mm. over the last 30 years where, um, you know, things, you know, we, we've had, I don't want to say that we've had good times, but we've had like, you know, all right moments, but, you know, around that, there's been a lot of frustration, especially in kind of recent years, and um, that that kind of it's kind of altered how I think it's changed what what we're like as fans and how we engage the club. So I I kind of I, well I hope there are lots of the fans out there who who have had a similar journey uh, as me and can can take something from this book and and maybe their relationship with Everton is 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 quite similar to. I mean, most of the Blues I know are kind of my age and they're all similar in their outlook. They're all kind of quite jaded and pessimistic mm-hmm. and. Um, but there's kind of a gallows humour to uh, support and everything that seems to run through uh, commonly. So um, yeah, so whilst I, this is definitely you know there's definitely part of me, and then it's my journey. I'm, I hope it also speaks to other Evertonians too. Yeah, it's it, it's very much that from what I've read, and particularly when you you know you look at the Everton that moments and you've gone up to. I, I was thinking about this the other day actually when we were playing Newcastle at home. And we were two 0 up, which we still had like five <laughs> minutes to play. You know, most well, almost yeah. everybody listening to this will know exactly what I mean about the game before them, where we were two 0 up at Goodison. You know, there's things in it that you'll you'll have off. I think it's pretty obvious you'll have found difficult to write, like the Arigi Derby, mm. um, Josh King, Usmanov. I mean, all the things that go up, and, and this is what I meant by I said that the start there about it being coming round in a full circle. Um, you look at the way the club is now. And the ownership side of things, the new stadium thing. I mean, King's Dock and all that nonsense is in there. Um, that that's why this to me, uh, it 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 sends a message to anybody any age. Do you know what I mean? Whilst you put in there what you you referenced then when you were saying those successful times we had in the eighties, like Les Roberts who, who does a lot for us as part of the Blue Room, and he's similar age to you. And I always take the piss out of him because any time we're talking about anything in relation to what goes on now at Everton. He always, the first thing he always says, well, back in the 80s, back in the 80s, back in the 80s. <laughs> but there yeah. are things for me personally, that I'd say is probably up there for as much as what I'm looking forward to reading on this. Because that, well, I mean, say, if you're under the age of, it's probably similar to lower to mine, so say like, you know, your mid-30s, early 30s. You describing that in such colour and... You know, like you said, you put your own opinion in there, of course, but also what it was like factually. That that is an education. Is that is that something that was always in the back of your mind when you were doing this? That you know, you you're selling this out to people who won't have experienced that from a particular age or a time when they maybe not even been Everton fans, but have become since. That shows you the real history of the club. Yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think, I mean, I think I'm similar to a lot of blues that, you know, you, you prior to writing these books, my knowledge of Everton was pretty much my lifespan. So, like, I, you know, from the, from the 80s onwards, I didn't know everything, but I think I knew a lot about the club. Um, it's the so, experience, sorry, Jimmy. It's it's the experiences. I think that's the most unique thing that you've put in um, of that because it's it's it obviously it's spoken from the heart. Really, a lot of that, and that, like you say, most Evertonians of that age and older, they'll they'll say that sort of thing. You can imagine anybody younger reading it and then saying, "Was it really like that, Dad, or whatever?" That's that's what I think you've you've encapsulated really well with this. Um, sorry, go on. What you were saying? I was just. No, yeah, but that's. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you, that you feel that because I mean that that's part of it. You wanna, you, you know, these these great moments. I think we all know them, but you wanna kind of feel what they were like. You you want kind of color from the time, I guess. But whether it's match reports or players' recollections, so you want you, you want that in there. But it's um, yeah. I mean, I I was kind of my knowledge of Everton like a lot of fans, didn't span beyond my kind of lifespan. You know, I, I knew the big moments. So, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed going going back into the history and learning about, you know, players from the from the 20s and the 30s and the, the great games, the great moments and kind of educating myself. So there's definitely a part of that in there where you, I, I wanted to kind of provide all Evertonians with an insight into kind of just how like magnificent this club has been. Like it's, it's got a long and storied history filled with exceptional moments um, that you know, we we know the dates and we know the score lines, but some, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm guilty as, as any of you. You don't know much more than that. Often you kind of, but so the idea was both in this and other books too was to kind of drill down and really kind of provide a an insight into kind of what those games were and what 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 the the club was like around then. And then, as you mentioned, then to hopefully put in a bit of colours too, so you get kind of a mm. I guess kind of an evocative sense of what it was like at the time and what those games. Might have felt like I mean it's always difficult because it, it, it's coming from paper. It's not like a film or you know someone telling you first hand, but it's hopefully it kind of it paints a a picture. Mm. I guess of what what Everton are, what Everton are like, and what these uh, really you know massively important moments on our history. What they were all about. That that to me, um, obviously reading books from very other you know environments and whatnot. That to me seems particularly difficult as a writer. For you to include the moments that are around it, the the empathy you have with fans around them, the mentality sort of thing, which you've written a lot into this, um, in association with what has actually happened historically, did you find that a difficult? And obviously, you you you've been a writer for quite a long time. Did you find that difficult in terms of you know, for instance, I'll just pick a game out here from, um, Bayern 
second leg against Bayern, the infamous one where we go to to win the um to win the European trophy that we've only got. That sort of thing, it's it's very easy and it's similar for me, um, you know, as a broadcaster to say, well, that game against um Bayern when he come back to Everton and it's probably the biggest, the best game in our history, as, as along with the final and the way in which we got there. Very easy to say that historically. Very easy for me to look on a computer and say, yeah, he scored here, he scored there. That's what happened. We won three one and then went on to win the trophy. Obviously, that's got to be a part in what you're saying. But for you to to put what your opinion is around it, do you find that particularly difficult? I, I, by that, I mean you're stating the fact, but to go on with it is the opinion. That that to me is a very unique, a unique atmosphere, a new unique aspect of what a writer a writer can do. Yeah, I mean it, it's always challenging to really, I guess, to kind of recapture something that took, that took place a long time ago. I've always I've always tried in anything I've written to make sure that I, I talk to people who were there at the time, you know, to get their first hand mm-hmm. experience of what it was, and you, and you I guess you use that to try and to try and color what it is and to and to and to kind of support. I guess support like the narrative that you're putting out there, really. So um, I know and I've always found fans are really generous with their time and their memories are always fantastic. You know, like the buying game, I've had so many different insights into that one yeah. from people who were there. And um people just come to life when they're telling yeah. you. It's such a, you know, it, it was obviously such a remarkable moment in the club's history that anyone who was there just doesn't forget. And when they're telling you, you can just you can feel the excitement. So if I can get like a just even like a tenth of that onto the page and, and get, get readers to kind of feel their own, those fans' sense of, of kind of warmth and excitement about this memory, then, I, then I'd be happy with that. So, you know, if, if, it, if, it, if it comes across and it, and it feels more than just about facts and figures, then, then and people feel that, then I'm, I'm happy that I've done, I've done my job. That's absolutely right, mate, and that's exactly what you've done from what I've read here, and obviously the rest of the books not certainly won't change to this. But you're right, I think I think the emotion that I get from it, and look, listen, I've read what, you know, probably 1% of the entire thing that you've written here. That's the first feeling I got from what you've said, even to the you know the, the years where I wasn't born. Those things, it's, it, the, the, they, they stick with me quite a lot, even when I'm going to refer to... The places, the, the the bits and pieces that we've had since then, you know, when you look at the the Everton that moments and they're the, they're the things I think because they were quite a while ago. Now we're able to laugh at, but they're the things that a lot of people bring forward to what we are now. I.e., that like you just I just referenced that Newcastle game again where we ended up drawing two all. You're not telling me that they were in a you know I'd say most of that crowd who were thinking this can still happen when we were winning two nil against <laughs> them last week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly, in my opinion, what you get. With with those aspects of, of what I've read so far, um, you know, you you think about the Usmanov stuff, which is still sort of related until there were sanctions on Russians that couldn't <laughs> couldn't come yeah. back to the UK. The other the other big question I want to ask you really is, how long did it take you to put this together in terms of in um in in the right order as well? Um, how you've thought to to structure this? First of all, like we've said, your opinions in it anyway, but when you've when you've started putting this together, mate, I can't imagine how you know how you started piecing this together just after having the initial thought to do it. Well, I, initially I was I was going to do it by like um, like a timeline. And was, you start with the origins of the club and you go from there, but it felt like it felt quite dry and boring. I mean, a lot of, a lot of my telling these work like that. It's kind of you know 
the two from year Darsen and move onwards. Yeah, of course. Um, so, like, I, I wanted to do a bit different and kind of I stumbled upon really the idea of making it feel like being a fan. I think that's kind of that's what hope comes across that being yeah. a fan is erratic, especially being an Evertonian. You can go from, as this season's proven, you can go from, you know, real depths and feeling incredibly low. And then in the space of a couple of weeks, you're on cloud nine and, and you think Everton can beat anyone. So, you know, what I hope comes across is you'll have something like Bayern or the 1984 Epic Cup final, and then it'll be followed by the 12 shittest players that we've had in Premier League era. That's a low. And then suddenly you get maybe something on Kendall and then maybe something on Mike Walker. So in the end, sort of, it's quite haphazard, but I hope as someone reads, as, the, as someone goes through it, there's always a sense that you might not know what's coming next. And it's also a sense that it's uh, that it's the, you know, it's the ups and downs of, um, of like, what being a, a fan is really, and uh, in terms of kind of research, it's, I think it took about six months to kind of make sure make sure everything was right, and I had kind of and I, it wasn't just about dry facts and figures or match reports. It was I wanted it to be um, colourful, really, and and feel like feel like it was written by a fan. I think that's what kind of the, the most important yeah. thing was. It's not by a kind of outside journalist who's just taken random Everton facts and figures. It's, it's hopefully feel like written by somebody who understands what Everton are and understands the journey that Evertonians have gone through and understands what it is to be a blue. Yeah, that that's spot on. And I think, you know, it's it's very unique the way in which it's written. You know, there's a there's a lot of Everton books that that go about which are very structured into the factual stuff and the history and things. I mean it's it's obviously in our in our DNA, isn't it? All that sort of thing, the history of the football club and whatnot. Yeah. The, the other thing I found quite interesting too is, um, I think what will do you a lot of favours in, in getting this out now has been um, how relevant it is to what goes on today. So, for instance, when you know you go back to, what is it now, seven, nearly eight years now, isn't it? When It's remarkable that's how long it's been since Machiri yeah. came in. You, you think back of those years to now, that what you've written there about the entire history of the club pre that time feels like it's the, the size of that has been thrown into what we've experienced in in a nutshell between eight years ago and where we get to now, and that that's why I think it's it's so it's so unique in in you reading the book and you you start to think well do you know what this this sort of thing it feels like it's it's just an echo of what we've had in the in the past, you know you think back to the the Bill Kenwright stuff, like as we mentioned before, King's Dock, all that sort of thing, feels like it's this is a mirror these days that you you're potentially going back in time to what you've written about there, and that's the sort of thing that will stick with my mind is with all this stuff going on with new new owners and and things like that. Is it's 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 I've always described it as like Everton have always been in a bubble of that nature where yeah. nobody's ever made it burst. And what you've done there, <laughs> and there's so much different emotion that you get from it. The the entirety of what you've said, the title of it itself is is so uh, is so perfect. Thinking the the times that you've gone through. I mean, just particular when I was when I was reading it, when I was studying what you've written and um everything else that I've, I've watched of you, what you've done with the other groups and podcasts and whatnot, um and YouTube recently, stuck into my mind so much. I mean, thinking about it in in. Um, in a great depth, really, of you know how far I go down to simply a page that you've you've written, where I'd be thinking, do you know what, 
I've got something that I'd automatically refer to that. I'd think about what's happened with the club recently, booking 10-point deductions and things like that. I mean, that's I don't think that's ever happened to us before, that we've had points deductions or, or administration. But then there are areas there that you've written about that reflect almost immediately towards that, obviously not in the in the specific actual form, but the way Everton were when they've gone through these times in the past. And, you know, I, I obviously we speak to a lot of different Evertonians on this and the the sort of you tell, you tell a massive difference between the younger ones and the, the, the older ones and the older fellas have been like, you know, this this isn't new to them, that Everton yeah. in a situation like that. And that, to me, it's like I said to you, my little nephew sort of giving him this for Christmas, that that's just what we see these days is just like I said, it's an echo from what we what we previously had go through us in the past. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Definitely. I mean, you know, even like in, in not too relatively you know, recent memory, you think back to the, the late 90s, you think back to, the, you know, the Peter Johnson era, mm-hmm. and there's so many kind of, you know, the figures are different, but the the, the problems were very similar. I mean, you know, we might not have been talked about administration necessarily, but the sense of having an owner who you just want to get rid of, who seems to be damaging the club beyond recognition, um, and that sense of, you know, feeling like we were declining, and, we were, and the, the, the second tier had this kind of gravitational pull locked on us, that's that's we've all been through that before, and yeah. um, you know, and whilst kind of obviously with Michelle, it seems so much worse because you're you're dealing with kind of much bigger sums. The the problem is 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 the same. It's it's a terrible somebody who should be nowhere near your football club as an owner, um, running it into the ground. You know, against against him as a Michelle, he came in, spent money. He did spend money, Johnson, and then he just didn't. And then we just ended up, you know, scrounging around the parking basement for players, you're in debt. Um, and we were, you know, in the bottom six regularly. And you're thinking, that's what, only, like, what, 20 odd, 30, yeah. 30 years ago? Is it, is it even that? Yeah, it's, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I suppose what you take from that is that we got through it. You know, it wasn't necessarily fun. Uh, and the football was like, routinely dire. Uh, and you know it wasn't every season you kind of your heart in your mouth towards the, the final few months, but everything survived. So mm-hmm. it's um, you know whilst it doesn't, it doesn't mean that every situation is the same. You know with a club with a massive history who've routinely faced different all kinds of different problems uh, over our history, all kinds of different yeah, yeah. kind of external events that have affected us negatively, generally negatively, not positively. And um, this is just another one. 
And so, you know, if you want to take any, anything from the past, it's that Everton kind of will survive. Yeah, it's it's very val- uh, galvanizing when you look at that. Um, and I know, but like you said, it's not it's not ream for, ream for ream away from the way we are these days. But you look at how and what the club's been through to survive. You think of the Johnsons years. You think of uh, Paul Gregg as well. Remember that yeah. that time and you know the various <laughs> specific parts again that people would refer to. Um, so sort of asking more personal questions about it. What did you find is the best part of, of putting all this together? Um ooh, that's a good question. Well, partly it's it's it was just kind of time-wise that like last season was a difficult time, I think, to be an Evertonian. Uh but like during the week I got to spend my time reading about how great we were. So I got I, you know, whilst we were kind of fighting relegation and having all sorts of problems, I got a kind of weekly reminder that that Everton are you know, pretty good historically. And so yeah. that kind of, it gives you a boost in your support. Um, but apart from that, I think a, a lot of it, I kind of, there are parts there I, I kind of put out to the kind of Everton community, like things like when I was asking, like, what are our best, or not our best, but our kind of most notable Everton that moments, um, who are our biggest hay figures, um, what are, your, what are your worst derby moments? These things I put out to like the wider community. And it's, it's interesting to get people's take because, you know, there's very rarely a definitive list. So, I mean, there were things that I, I didn't know about, things I'd forgotten about, uh, especially kind of uh, this one section there on sort of Liverpool hay figures. And so I have, I know mine from my own history and people like, you know, Gerard and Callagher and Andrew Robertson. But, you know, when you go back further and like your fans are a bit older and you're talking about like Tommy Smith and, and uh, Jimmy Case and people like that. And I didn't, you know, I knew the names, but I didn't know that much about the story. So yeah. I found that, you know, it's the case of warming books. Whenever I'm talking to other Evertonians and, and learning more about, you know, their stories and their memories, I always find that the most interesting part. And I think I'm right because, but you know, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to talk to other Evertonians and learn more about kind of what makes them tick, what what gets under their skin, and what kind of how they engage with the club during their times of blue? That's that's why it's um it's such an amazing thing to buy um because that is exactly what. You've put into into words perfectly well in in regards to getting keep keeping your view in it obviously because it's your it's your piece of work so it, you're gonna have a ref, a reflection of what others have said absolutely and what you write but then when you've got their perspective it directs your mind a little uh, in different ways to how you would have put it if you didn't speak to other people I presume that's what the right thing is to say. Yeah, you, yeah, you want to, yeah, it's not just, yeah, this book, whilst I've written it, it's not just my take on Everton. This is kind of, you know, over the course of the last few years, and I've written other things in different books, and and, and during the course of this, I've, I've always talked to other Blues, so I'm, I'm you know, it, I don't think it would work, it was just your take. I think it has to be something that, that you call kind of chimes with other people. So when you're creating things like, you know, lists of the worst players we've had in the Premier League and that kind of stuff, I think if it's, if it, if it's like if there's like a broad consensus there, even if there's not a definitive list, you'd hope that people would go, "Well, yeah, well, I agree with that. I, or I agree with like ten of those and think and, and they buy into it." Whereas if it was just my view, it would be I think it'd be a bit a bit too narrow. 
Mm. I was thinking, you know, when you mentioned like the likes of Rondon and people like that, I think like you do get a majority view on that. I won't mind you, I don't think I'll find an Evertonian. He said he was really good for us, for example. No, but there, there are more difficult aspects in terms of players where you thought, you know what, he actually did a job for us one day, but then he was shit for the rest of it. That That's the most, that, that's probably the more difficult thing. And that's where people love reading it with, you know, reflecting on other people's opinion and thinking, do you know what? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think that way whatsoever. Um, just before we finish then, mate, um, tell everyone where they, where they can get it. Um, where from, they need to do it pretty quickly because it's Christmas in more. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, it's only via Amazon because uh, yeah. they're publishing it. But uh, I'm hoping to get, I'm talking to the Evan uh, Hedges Society, I'm hoping to get some copies into St. Luke's after Christmas as well. The, the other one thing I want to ask you, find probably more of a, again, a personal thing is Ian intends to carry on writing Everton-related stuff, or in fact, writing any further at all, because the, the one thing I want to ask you is, well, probably there's a, there's a sequel to this coming, given the way Everton are these days. <laughs> yeah. But they don't really finish it. I mean, that, that's the funny thing. I, I, you know, I, I publish this book, and then a week later, we get the, the, the uh, deduction. So, like, it's a never-ending <laughs> never story, Everton. Um, no, I mean, I, I think I'll always want to write on Everton. I, I still think there's a, there's a good book out there on the... Um, Mishiri is because it's such a kind of weird and also interesting time. Something along the lines of maybe highs, lows, and Michelangelo's or something like that, or I don't know, lows, lows, and Michelangelo's maybe it's a, it's a better title, but it's to kind of go into that um that era yeah. and delve. Into, but problem is it's not it's not finished, is it? That, that's the issue. You kind of you can't really write on an era until it's completed. So I guess until probably until. Michelle is definitely gone and the ground is definitely built. Yeah. And everything's sort of done and dusted and we're in there. Then you, you can maybe take stock. Because at the moment, you know, you don't really know who's going to own us in a yeah. few months' time. Is he going to remain involved if, if like, 777 falls through? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely, it's been a very um, tumultuous period, I think, in Evans' history the last... How long has it been? Is it seven years since you came? Yeah, since yeah. Came? That, so, so, say, the, the reason I asked that is because you could probably put a, a, a couple of books in, in what, what's happened since he came in. So, yeah. like you say, you, you never know which direction the club's going in. So it's difficult yeah. for you as a writer to sort of take a, you know, to, to bookend either of them and say, yeah, yeah we're going today. Do you know what I mean? But well, I, well, I think what we'll do is when, when, it's, when it's finished, I'll, I'll add a section to this book because I, I can, it's a, it's a live publication. So, when he's when he's finally gone, I'll update it and I'll put Snick in there on on that as well. Yeah, I mean that that'd be fantastic because I'd implore anybody to go out and get it for Christmas for whenever really because uh, it's it's an outstanding piece of work in a form that I think everybody can relate to. So um, yeah, I'd say to anybody go to Amazon at least now at the moment and get it in as quick as you can really. Um, mate, it's been brilliant speaking to you again after such a long time and um, want to talk to you a hell of a lot more. Save and just your books and get your own about Everton and what's going on and all that sort of thing anyway. So, um, yeah, for now, mate, it's been absolutely brilliant having a chat with you. Oh, cheers. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed that day. Cheers, then. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.